One night in 1971 on a lonely North Carolina highway, a head-on car crash cost a young driver his family and very nearly his life. His doctors were sure he would never move again, but he triumphed over his disability and went on to become the wildest hero of all. Because he's real. Stanley presents The Human Fly. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 84, Slope of Death. The Human Fly, issue number 13, cover date September 1978. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Marvel's Cosmic Comics presented by the comic book Time Machine. This is a podcast where I talk about Marvel's licensed comic books that are uh, from the, the time period that they were publishing Star Wars, which is 1977 through 1986. That's from uh, almost a decade there. And during that time, Marvel licensed a ton of things, and this this is one of them. This is one of the things not licensed from a book, not licensed from a, a movie. This is licensed from an actual dude who was an actual stuntman who actually called himself the Human Fly. And this is his comic. So I'm sitting here and... Uh, just enjoying some comics. There's a storm outside, and I have to say, I love, I love this kind of weather. You know, and some of it comes down to, uh, I think I, it's because I grew up in in Canada, and and just there was more gray weather, there was more cold weather, and um, so I got this storm happening. So if you hear some thunder, that's what's going on outside. But um, I just finished reading my my copy of the Human Fly issue number thirteen, and oh man, um. I've got some problems with it, and I, I've, I've got some issues with it. But, you know, Human Fly has been one of those comics that's been so bad it's good, and so bad it's bad. And every once in a while it'll be bad, and then it's getting, oh, it's worse and worse until it gets around to that point where it's so bad it's good, and then it just wraps itself can, and keeps on going back until it's just so bad it's bad. And uh, There's been some, some moments where it hasn't been like that. And, and this issue here is is not it's not terrible but it's not great and i i really wouldn't say it's recommendable other than if you want to read a human fly comic that's not terrible here's one to pick up this might be the one you want to use as your sampler but um the the human fly is you know that real world stunt man and this comic comes straight from the 70s uh that that evil knievel uh style of thing where you have the stunt man, and in this case, the human fly, the real guy, was all about doing stunts for charity and helping out children's foundations and stuff like that. So for the comic, the human fly does a stunt where he is going to uh, ski down a mountain um, and break a record, 
and it's going to make some money for a foundation that is researching um, the regeneration of organs and, and bones and, and that kind of thing. So <laughs> I always like to look for, you know, uh, things I can learn from the comics I read, even not great ones, uh, not just things that I can learn but also I like to look for, you know, what the intention of the the author was, the intention of, of the creator. And I'm very forgiving when I can see what the intention is, which is one of the reasons why I like movies that are so bad that they're bad is because I'm watching it and I'm trying to see the movie that I'm seeing through the eyes of the creator. And and, and same thing with, with comic books like this. Um, this. This one here, I mean, we've we've got our team. Bill Mantlo is still the writer. Uh, the editor-in-chief is Jim Shooter on this, uh, although the editor is Bob Hall. And then we have Frank Robbins doing pencils and Frank Springer doing inks. And um, Letters is done by D. Wool and Colors is done by G. Rousseau. And they're just... This feels like a, a comic where it's trying to be more than it actually can be. Uh, it's trying to rise above cliche, but it uses cliche to get there. And it's trying to say something about human nature, but it just is, it's, it's not quite making the jump. It's not quite making the leap. And it starts out with a splash page of human fly going over a cliff on his skis. Turns out it's just a dream. It's a dream that Harmony White is having. Harmony White is a reporter who is trying to expose Human Fly as a fraud. Her boss was the one pushing her to do this. She was going right along with it, but then there's a while where she had crisis of conscience, conscience where she would not, uh, she just couldn't do it, but she still worked for the guy. Then she quit her job and joined Human Fly's team. Human Fly promised that he would get her a job back if it was the last thing he did. And that's kind of the setup that brings us here to this jump to the where he's going to ski down a mountain. And when he gets to the end of the slope, there's a cliff and he has a, a parachute rigged in there. And so there's a lot of things that happen here that just make me very ambivalent about this. Um, Harmony White's old boss is also shooting footage um, Harmony White is one of the people who's helping shoot documentary footage about the jump to help, you know, with 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 the film. They'll be able to sell that or rent it or, or whatever it is, license it out, I guess. But uh, her boss, Mr. Braden, he is going to also shoot his own stuff. And here's where we get a nice little reminder that we are in the 70s. He bugs. He places a bug on their equipment and Human Fly comes and give, brings it back and says, um, I don't mind you covering my stunt for your station. It's a free country. But I thought bugging went out with Watergate. If you wanted an interview, you might have asked me. And that does not make Mr. Braden very happy. So Braden is actually going to go down on a sled himself because he wants to be the one who exposes Human Fly as a fraud. And he is going to go down alongside Human Fly and... <laughs> prove that human fly is a fraud on this jump when he doesn't do it and so he it's i i wonder if they're kind of playing up on the evil knievel uh snake uh, snake river canyon jump 
where the rocket sled thing that he was on, uh, the, the parachute deployed before it was supposed to, and he didn't get to finish the jump over this the Snake River, River Canyon or whatever, Snake Canyon, Snake River Canyon. And there are some people who believe that uh, Evil Knievel activated the parachute because he was afraid that this jump was not going to end well. And he actually then blamed the engineer of the rocket sled for it as a as a um, malfunction. And it turns out, you know, if he did it, then he was um, committing himself to the lie, I guess you might say. And uh, no one knows if this is true or not. But I'm wondering if that they're kind of playing up on that thing where Braden is going to catch Human Fly in some sort of trick like that. But Human Fly, he's planning on just going down the slope. And when he hits that ravine, he's going to go off the side and activate a parachute. And that's the that's the gear that we know he has. He also has a radio helmet, um, radio linked helmet that the whole team has, and that's going to come in handy later. And there, so they climb the mountain to get to the top, and there's a little bit of tension because they kind of fall, but they all are on the cables, you know, and they they're okay. They're not going to die. Obviously, we're you know they're not going to fall off the mountain in the middle of a, the issue and die there's a whole issue to go and these are the characters these are the main characters and this is a marvel comic book geared towards kids that's not going to happen so what is going to happen well <laughs> i i knew i knew it was going to happen as soon as i saw that braden was going to go down by himself with a camera with the human fly and i think you probably figured it out too uh, the the setup is all there. There is the ravine, there is the cliff, there is Human Fly's parachute. But guess who's not going to have a parachute? Braden. And guess who's going to go over the edge of the ravine unless he gets help from Human Fly? Braden. And guess who's going to mess up the stunt for the Human Fly and make Human Fly look even better than he would have if he just done the stunt straight? Braden. And guess who's going to get rescued? And then change his mind and change his heart about Human Fly, Braden, and it all goes down just like that. They go down the mountain together. Everyone's watching and getting scared and getting tense. Braden remembers the the cliff at the very last last minute. Tries to veer away, uh, can't. He uh, he ends up spilling out of his sled, but he's still going down. Human Fly's parachute deploys before he goes over the edge, and this is something they set up earlier too, is that it was going to deploy to slow him down, and then he would go over with the chute having deployed, so he can't get to Braden in time. So this is one thing I wasn't quite expecting. I was expecting them to go over the edge together, and he'd have to use the parachute to rescue him, but instead he gets rid of the parachute, and now they have to stop before they go over the edge together. And I'm just thinking, okay, so that's just one more little monkey wrench. So here's another thing that surprised me. They both go over. They go over the edge. Oh, no. I, I know that they're going to be okay, but how are they going to get out of this one? And this is something that I hate. I mean, it doesn't turn this into something that's so bad it's good. And it doesn't turn this into something that um, makes it a bad story necessarily. But this is one of those things where surprise I have one more gimmick up my sleeve literally although not literally up the sleeve it's on his sleeve and it's he has um, these pitten guns 
and he shoots them, and they bury the they they, they hit the rock, and the, there's a cable attached to them. So they both they go over kind of, but they they stop in time. And I hate this. I hate it when they, you know, to up the tension, they have this kind of hidden secret weapon, and. I guess maybe I'm more accepting of it if they would say, hey, I've got a secret weapon, and then later on we find out what it is. But this is this is not good storytelling. And so we've got the cliche of the bad guy who gets rescued by the good guy and has a change of heart. Although, I mean, just a guy running a television station wanting to expose frauds. That's not necessarily a bad guy. In fact, they even call him the J. Jonah Jameson of TV produ- production. But... Uh, so Braden, he's he's nice again. Um, one other thing that kind of surprised me, that's just because I forgot the oath that Human Fly gave Harmony White, is um, Braden says, can I make it up to you? And, and Human Fly basically says, well, yeah, you, I've got a friend who could use a job. And, oh, it's Harmony White. you know. But I just hate it when they bring this, they pop this thing out of nowhere, that it's there's no setup, there was no um, reference to it. And... I would have preferred there had not been a weapon, but it was Human Fly using his own skills or abilities, uh, or at least show us, you know, that there's show us beforehand. And and I, I don't know. I guess the idea is surprise. You didn't know how they're going to get out of this one, and it just it just is not. It, it's lazy storytelling to me. It's it's lazy. So it makes this issue serviceable it's okay not great not horrible uh but actually completely forgettable except for that moment at the end where i just said no i mean i didn't say it out loud but in my mind i'm like i'm just saying no come on i so i probably will remember that there is that twist ending that they didn't earn and That'll probably be what I remember out of out of this this particular issue later on. The other thing I'll remember is there is an actual note from the human fly in the letters page, which is called Fly Papers. Here it is. It says, Dear Marvel, I have been reading the many letters that you have been forwarding to me with great interest. I am very pleased about the response to the comic series, but more than that, to the positive reaction from all your readers towards the human fly. It makes me very happy and inspires me a great deal to see the enthusiasm and support I'm getting from Marvel fans. As you may very well know, a short while ago I was injured while attempting to jump 26 buses on a rocket bike in Montreal, Canada. I found myself once again in the hospital bed from where I am writing this letter. This experience in the hospital reminds me of that auto accident of many years ago in Asheville, North Carolina. One would think that this second confinement would discourage me. Quite the contrary. If anything, it is giving me more strength to go ahead with my hopes of becoming the world's greatest philanthropic daredevil. As you know, I want to help other people less fortunate than myself by donating a good portion of my earnings to world research and to charitable charitable organizations. My fans probably don't know this, but as a child, I was exposed to a strong musical background. I have decided that in addition to my Daredevil stunts, I will pursue my musical career, which I stopped somewhat after the accident. I've always been interested in rock music. It seemed to me to have the same kind of vitality and uniqueness that I wish to project in my stunts. 
May I just say that soon you'll be hearing from the human fly musically. I'll be going into the recording studio as soon as I am out of the hospital to tape my first album. I hope that my friends out there, in addition to looking for my stunts and TV experiences, will keep their eyes and ears open for the Human Fly Rock Show. I hope to make people happy with my music as well as my daredevil feats. And as with my stunts, a good part of any money I earn through my music will be turned over to charitable organizations in whatever cities I perform. Best regards to everyone, the Human Fly. And yeah, Human Fly with his own letter to his own magazine. And, you know, this guy, I I don't know a lot about him, Rick Rojet, but honestly, man, he seems like a really interesting fellow. And I would love to meet him one day. I can't remember if he's dead or alive at this point in time. So I don't know if that's possible. But the letters uh, talk about some of the same issues that, they always talk about um, human fly not being a crime fighter, but you can find ways to give him adventures and, and that kind of thing. But uh, it, you know, I, I just, they, they try. And when I say they, I'm talking about Bill Mantlo and, and then possibly Bob Hall. They, they try to make this something that's not just a cliche. They do succeed in that. The bad guy is not a supervillain. The bad guy is the guy who needs to get rescued and causes the the stunt to be you know to not go off the way it's supposed to go. And Harmony White narrates the whole thing, and she does try and give it a little bit of a philosophical uh, bent. She continue continually talks about how um, the human fly is someone who believes in people. And her boss, Braden, is someone who doesn't believe in anyone. And it comes up a couple different times. It just, it's meant to be a theme. They state it as a theme, but truthfully, it doesn't play out as a theme. If, honestly, there is a theme here, it's um, you should help people even if they're your enemy. Which isn't a bad theme. It's just not very sophisticated. And it doesn't play out in a very sophisticated way. And, you know, I've written stuff about, you know, helping your neighbor or, uh, you know, helping your enemy or, you know, reaching out to people who are different and those kind of things. Uh, But (laughs) this is trying to do more. It's reach. Oh, I can't remember the phrase. It's reach overextends its grasp or whatever it is. Um, Yeah, I... I would like to see some more of the ridiculousness in the past, but then again, that ridiculousness, it's very difficult to to do that right. And when I say it's difficult to do that right, I mean it's difficult for human fly to do it right. So, uh, yeah. So that's uh, the uh, death slope. And uh, next up in, in our reading, uh, I'll be looking at Godzilla issue number 14 so that'll be in the next segment here of marvel's cosmic comics so i just want to say uh until next time thank you so much for listening thank you so much for um downloading and 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 whatever it is you know that you're doing on your device to spend time with me to talk about comics and i'd love to hear from you as we continue on this journey through the marvel's cosmic comics And finally, of course, Godspeed.
Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, Red Ronin is finished. Now Godzilla must alone face the Siege of the Super Beasts. Godzilla King of Monsters, issue 14. My name is Pat, and I'm the host of a new podcast called The Longbox Crusade. A while back, my wife said to me, Why do you keep buying more comics? I bet you have not even read all the comics you have already. Well, she's right, but let's keep that between you and me. So I took her up on the challenge to read them all. I decided to read my collection of comic books in chronological order by the issue's cover dates. I wanted to relive their adventures and bring back the memories I had of my childhood in the late 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond. My collection has been stashed away in over 20 plus long boxes in the basement. I'll leave it up to your imagination as to why I cannot have them on display upstairs, but that's a different story. The Longbox Crusade podcast will be of recaps and reviews of the issues in my collection in a fun and friendly way. You can find the podcast at longboxcrusade.com. I hope you will join me on this crusade to read them all.